It's Thursday, December 2nd. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. It's episode 222. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> that sounded weird. How's it going, Russ? Uh, it's going great now. It was just super normal until you did pew, pew, pew. And uh, <laughs> that, was, uh, that was unexpected and awesome. And it's also appropriate because... Uh, there's a lot of pew pew pewing going on right now. Valorant Champs is live. Halo yeah. Infinite Major Qualifiers also live. So lots of lots of pew 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 going on uh, out there in the Dude, digital. I'm seeing more and more exposure with all that. The other day, I kind of somewhat track trending on Twitter every now and then because I'm like occasionally mm-hmm. on Twitter. I've um, seen you on there before, yeah. <laughs> the other day, though, so like if you go to um, you know Explore on Twitter and you're logged in, you'll get a customized for you page version so it's like here's what's trending that we think you care about what's trending in your universe but if you Mm -hmm. click over one and you just say what's trending in general yesterday i thought of you because it must have been the valorant thing something i don't know i don't remember what it was but i thought of you how nice does that sound Uh, (laughs) some some super esports massive champion was or championship thing was happening so it's getting yeah man people are talking about it too you know it's not just big money but man Lots of attention. It's, you're right. It, it is crazy big. Um, 100 Thieves today received Series C funding in six in in total of 60 million dollars, which was you know pretty Ooh. pretty heavy amount. I mean, those are the types of things we see from tech companies, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, it's cool to see that. Um, I congratulated Matt this morning on that for you know obviously going from working in McDonald's to getting 60 million dollars in funding for his esports oh, organization. So is that legit? This guy. Yeah. Yeah, so, so give Matt, me, give me a little Hack. bit of backstory on that. Yeah, so a guy, I mean, he, he's he's known as Nade Shot. Um, okay. And Matt Matthew Hag is is his name, double A, uh, double A G. He uh, he was uh, he was working at, at McDonald's before like he's. I'm a double A G. You You're double I mean? A G. That's right. <laughs> and uh, sorry, go ahead. We're we're gonna have to use that forever now. <laughs> the. Uh, he was working at McDonald's and, and Modern Warfare 2 came out. And there's this part of the uh, Call of Duty community that is called the S&D community. So it's Search and Destroy, which is basically like Counter-Strike. It's a attack and defend mode where you plant a bomb. Well, it's by far the most competitive mode in any form of FPS. There's, there's no mode more competitive than that, no matter the game. It just doesn't exist. So there's these things called... Like that's how it's competitive not, it is. That's the only one I thought existed. Yeah, no, there's there's definitely more that exists, especially in Call of Duty. You typically rotate three game modes, but in that particular game, one way that you get noticed in the scene is by doing S and D chals, as they call them, challenges or, or wagers. Okay, and then competing in sort of these S and D community tournaments. And so one of those things is like, okay, well, we play a a one versus one or a team versus team challenge or wager where they literally put money on the line couple hundred bucks here and there whatever it is and then play winner take all sort of thing right they they do that and that's an snd and then you play in these tournaments also an snd where it's like you get you know three buddies together you know and so you have a team of four and you go play and you do well in these tournaments you start to get noticed and that's how you end up getting sort of on the radar of pro teams and then whenever it comes time for them to swap a player if you're the top player on a decent team in the snd community they'll pick you up well matt was one of these players in modern warfare 2 and he ended up getting picked up by a uh, a small organization called optic gaming 
at the time, which is massive now. Actually, they actually just got acquired by Envy Gaming. So I guess I'm an Optic fan now because Envy is our Dallas-based org who owns the Dallas Empire. They are now Optic Texas. So ironically, the org that he was picked up by is now uh, a big part of like the, the org that I support in Envy. And he was playing for Optic Gaming for years. Now, Optic was known as a YouTube community of like hitting crazy sniper shots, the exact same as FaZe. In fact, Optic and FaZe sort of have a content creation rivalry that went mm. back in those days. And it was rooted in the sniper community in Call of Duty. So if you go check any of their old YouTube videos at, you'll find, and they still have content creators that there's do this, a, by the way. That, it's okay. So not only just in a COD community, but then there's a sniper community within COD. It is within COD, yeah. So that they're okay. they're just, you know, you'll see <laughs> them go jump off of buildings and spin around in circles and hit no scope headshots. Like they now they they're like dude perfect. Like they they do this right. a million times to try and hit the shot, but then they go make a compilation around this, right? So they that's how they kind of got started. And then they got into esports. So content's always been a very big aspect of the esports community, trying to drive some form of, even before YouTube was paying out revenue, they were doing this. And then they took advantage of it once they, they did start paying out revenue. So he played for Optic for years. I mean, for several years. And then he eventually became like a part of the organization and even a part owner of the organization in, in a director role, doing some talent development stuff and esports scouting. He eventually left Optic to start 100 Thieves. And that wasn't that long ago. I mean, it was probably five or six years ago at this point. And he has exploded at 100 Thieves to being yeah. one of the four most years. valuable three. It's not even that old. Three years. Four years. There you yeah. Go. Four years. November there you 20th, go. 2017. And in four years, he's turned this into basically a battle for the top valued esports organization with wow. phase phase is the biggest they're you know 100 thieves is number two but they've kind of been bounced back and forth between one and two for a while and he does this while competing in some of the major games i mean he has a spot in the lcs which is the league of legends championship series that's the biggest esport in the world he has a spot in obviously the call of duty uh, the call of duty league cdl which he owns the the la thieves and then he has some, you know, some other players and other games in different spots. And they have a bunch of content creators. Like for instance, who's um, quarterback? He played for you guys. Played for OU. Plays for the um, uh, Kyler Arizona Murray. now. Kyler Murray. So Kyler Murray is Look sort of like I knew who you were talking about, and you didn't even say the team. I there you go. Um, <laughs> he he's like you know sort of a part of Phase. Like there's a there's an article with him. Like yeah. he joined Phase officially, probably as an investor, sort of thing. But like they've sort of branched into this lifestyle brand type of thing. And in Nate Shot, you know, in my opinion, I'm going to give him credit for kind of being one of the originators of the lifestyle brand, you know, content mm -hmm. creation organizations out there that that lives in esports because that's what they are. I mean, they sell apparel, they support esports teams, they support content creation and Twitch streamers. I mean, that's what they yeah. do. And he's just been killing it, dude. So he literally went from working at McDonald's. It's a it's an infamous story in the scene that that's what he was about to go back and do until he won an S and D tournament and got picked up by Optic and changed. His wow. Life. Yeah. Dude. So it's, it's crazy. Crazy. Twenty nine years old. Yep. Crazy, crazy stuff. And so that, you know, they're in Valorant actually, but they didn't make champs, unfortunately. Um, 
they they picked up some big people. But yeah, so right Riot makes League of Legends. I mentioned that's the biggest esport in the world. Riot also makes Valorant, and this is the very first Valorant champs sort of scenario because they released this in the middle of the pandemic. It's a new game, and uh, they're very big in running a very structured esports league, uh, and they're they're kind of turning this into the next really big thing. So this competes directly with you know my baby Counter Strike. I mean it's. Counter-Strike still trounces it and, you know, viewership and players and all this stuff, but they are growing quickly. And so I think mm. you'll see Valorant being one of those things that you'll see trending on Twitter, you know, for many years to come right up there with League of Legends, which League of Legends just had, I think it was 80 something million people concurrently watching the finals of yeah, I don't world, cha- of world championship. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, it, it outpaces the NBA still, you know, it's just yes. it's nuts. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, the only the only sport in the U.S. that beats it is the NFL. It's right. the only one. Yeah. I mean, it makes me think that games like America's Pastime, Major League Baseball, right? Like, is that is that just going to fade into I I think Major League Baseball. Yeah, I think they have a serious problem on their hands, man. I think they have no. two problems. One is a demographic issue that that esports and and maybe not just esports but like different forms of entertainment like streaming yeah. are you know taking over my boss's son right now he's texting with me about like hey how can i get a good streaming setup like he wants to be a part of this he's 18 years yeah. old and i think they have that problem and i think they have the next problem you know they just did a work stoppage for baseball yesterday and this is the first time they've done it in like 25 years or something like that and they're still running into issues of how to make baseball competitive. Um, you know, the owners right. probably want to institute changes to salary because of financial reasons. And then the players don't want to, cause they live in an unsalary capped league. They have a, you know, they have a competitive balance tax, which no one in baseball that, that has the money cares about meaning Yankees, right. Dodgers, Red Sox. Right. Right. And so that they have a struggle of it's like, well, if you want the league to grow, you better have more regions that have relevancy and you don't. And and you already have a slower game that doesn't play that well in sort of the YouTube space. So how do you digitize some of your interactions and how do you make more regions competitive? I don't know. You better figure it out. But that's between the demographic issue they already have and their sort of structural challenges of gaining demographic, you know, I guess people like broadening the audience. They have a long road ahead of them, in my opinion. Yeah. But they say the revenues are growing, so you know these TV contracts are working out well for them. Let's let's hope that the streaming world doesn't doesn't kill that for them because I, I love baseball. Um, but it would be nice to have the Rangers be competitive again, and they're trying. They just dropped like a billion dollars to get a couple players to come over. But let's see if we can see if we can make it happen. I I think esports has an unbelievably bright future ahead of it. But right now, yeah. it's it's a lot of seeding investor money and kind of seeing where it's going. And I think there's still a lot of opportunity to get in early for people who who can take the risk and jump in and kind of want to be a part of building it because there's still there's still room to go. You yeah, know? and arguably the community. Just looking at those two by comparison, the the community for well, I'm starting to second guess myself. I was going to say that the esports community could be larger. Um, but I'm trying to think. There's nothing that really prevents a baseball community from being as large and maybe driving as much revenue. I don't know. They just yeah. They I don't know. They have different interest the levels. Biggest, the yeah. issue that baseball has, and I think we, if we've talked about this, it was probably a long time ago. But we the, have. It was like a year ago. 
Yeah, the issue baseball has is the age range that they desire, yeah. which is right. 17 to 35, is the exact age range that esports has. Yeah. And they just don't have a way to connect with that community because they're like a digital first sort of community on the go, consume as needed. Yeah, esports. And he, the way they watch the NBA is they watch highlights on YouTube, unless they're Correct. me. And then I write notes down during the game, but it's awkward. No one cares about that. <laughs> That's <So>. weird. <laughs> You're weird. Okay. It, uh, I actually see it in the NBA, but in college basketball, I legit am like taking notes in my head because I just can't break the habit. Did you see uh, our our brand new coach, Porter Moser, got us a top 15 win last night against Florida? That was nice. Uh, That was a big win. I did not. That is a big win. That is a very big win. I mean, the Big 12 is tough, dude. It's a big, it's a tough basketball conference. It is. It is. Real easy football conference, though. All right. Uh, Oh, got him. Wait a minute. That's not nice. That's a joke. So All right. Uh, so we skipped right over today in tech history. This one isn't too exciting, but I just got to hit it. You know, uh, it. Apple releases QuickTime. December oh, 2nd. snap. December 2nd. Uh, Apple releases version 1.0 of QuickTime, ooh. a multimedia extension for playing color video, transforming the capabilities of personal computers. Before QuickTime, only specialized computers could play color video. QuickTime allowed anyone with a personal computer to do so, and it changed the history of computing in more ways than one. It was the patent infringement battle over QuickTime that led to the now-famous truce between Steve Jobs and Bill Gates in 1997. Give you a little bit of hint there because it was before 97 uh, that helped Apple survive long enough to transform itself in the 2000s. What year do you think Apple released QuickTime? Uh, I I was trending towards... Mid nineties, like I was, I was kind of looking at ninety five and telling myself how far plus or minus is is that going to be? Because I can sort of distinctly remember that time frame and in, in using QuickTime. Yeah, and since since I can't pick a year, I'm just going to say ninety five. I don't yeah. know. Was, I think that's a good guess because it's probably about when you and I started using QuickTime. But one yeah. came out in nineteen ninety one, which ninety one. Yeah, yeah, that's earlier than I thought. Yeah, I think 95 is, is definitely where I got my experience with it. And candidly, it was a bad experience. I struggled with... Uh, there was always some weird QuickTime version yes. or weird loading issue. that I, It was almost yes. like dealing with Java at the time. But you yes. know, there, there, was, there were so many things that you just you couldn't load it if you didn't have QuickTime. And then VLC came out a few years later and all of our problems. Yes. Dude, I, was, <laughs> I was about to trans, transition into that, but I was going to say, what's your, what's your media player of choice these days? It's got to be VLC. You know, it's funny that is true, but I just don't. Um, you don't use it that much. I don't. I, don't, I mean, it's the browser, you know. Yeah, um, it mostly that's what I was going to say. Yeah, that was my next thing too, because I, yeah, um, yeah. I will say of, on Linux, um, yeah. on Linux, which is a you know, obvious a smaller thing, getting GPU uh, rendering done uh-huh. in the browser basically yeah. doesn't work, or it's very convoluted, and that's problematic for battery life on a laptop. So I do have. Some like if I watch Twitch and I'm on mm-hmm. battery, I won't actually use the website. Uh, I'll launch it through a you know basically through command line the the stream, but it will launch the stream in VLC, and it'll uh, run it'll run a Twitch stream in VLC, which which is then GPU accelerated, and is you know it's cooler, it's quieter, it uses less battery. So that's, that's one thing I do. And I actually used to do that on PC as well, back before, you know, CPUs had 350 million cores, 
but since they do now, it's it's easier. But I used to run like in 2012, even I'd be watching the international from Dota 2. And I'd have like 50 different streams going. And I had to, the only way I could I could physically do that was if I ran it GPU accelerated. So I kind of had to do the same thing. I would actually launch it from PowerShell uh, in Windows and bring up VLC. And I'd run them in VLC and they'd work perfect. They'd use less yeah. bandwidth and everything. It was way, way better. Hmm. So cool. Yeah. Now we're going the other direction. We stream it the other direction and we do it off the That's GPU. That's right. That's right. Hey, you're on the Pixel 6 now, right? Is that right? Uh, that's correct. It's sort of a sore subject because I still hate them, but uh, right. I am. I am <laughs> I'm trying to six. tread into it lightly. Um, <laughs> so there's a two. So the actually, so if I go to Google News Technology, the two of the top three things listed here are Pixel Six things. One of them is how to fix your Pixel Six's connectivity issues. Uh-huh. Are you having connectivity issues? Are you no. noticing that? Um, but there, there is. You're always I'm on not- Wi-Fi or something. I'm on Wi-Fi a lot because I'm home a lot, but I will tell you yeah. that the the Pixel 6 line, regular and pro, they do have a very weak uh, modem in them. It's it's actually known that it's weak, and I don't know how you fix that. I mean, it's just they, they're using a Samsung modem, which isn't as good as a Qualcomm modem. That's just the way it yeah. works. So, so the signal is a little weaker. Um, I can tell you, so I actually did some tests because they're just curious. So I use my Pixel 5, right? Uh-huh. which has a Qualcomm modem. And at my house, I'll get like 300 megs down from LTE and I'll get like 80 megs up. And whenever I did that test on my Pixel 5, that's what I get. When I did it on my Pixel 6, it was like 275 down and 40 up. So, hmm. and that's with the exact same visual pixel strength or pixel strength, visual signal strength Thank on the phone. Yeah. I say visual because the actual signal strength if you were to look at the numerical values would most certainly be different but it falls within the range of technically having a full signal because my house i have a tower that's like four houses of distance away from me it's very close pointed right at my house which is why i have such a strong signal and so with that as your barometer even at the best condition you can have my pixel 6 from a connectivity perspective is most certainly slower than my pixel 5 which means the further i go away it sort of compounds and gets even worse and that will impact battery life. So that's probably yeah. what people are referring okay. to. The one yeah, thing it's... that I do is I disable 5G because okay. 5G is just bad everywhere you yeah. go, even on my P- my Pixel 5. And so I just, if I disable that and it stays on LTE, it, it tends to be a little bit better. Well, that's one of the things right here that, it's, that it actually says on this how-to on uh, lifehacker.com. So apparently a bunch of people are reporting issues connecting it to the network, um, to to the cell uh, network, not not to Wi-Fi, oh, right? Yeah, I and don't so have that problem. what it's saying, um, but you know what you're saying in terms of disabling 5G as an as an option. Uh, yeah, I did, I did that issues, on my uh, five as well. Yeah, just, by default, I did that. Right. Um, so there's no official fix from uh, Google yet on these things, but they're saying you know people are finding success with updating carrier services. Uh, rebooting your device or disabling what's called adaptive connectivity, right? So that's the Google feature that attempts to save battery life by automatically switching from 5G right. to 4G when it thinks you wouldn't benefit from a faster network speed. You can just disable that uh, or get a new SIM. Because <laughs> I guess some what? of the SIM cards, it's it's oh, just saying, you know, this SIM I doesn't actually, work or missing. Yeah, I know or, what that is. So with the Pixel 5 and newer, you need to get a 5G SIM if you don't have an eSIM. So if you have a physical yeah. SIM, you need to have a SIM that supports 5G, even if you're not going to use the connectivity because the phone is is asking for it, essentially. I, I had to make that change last year. It was very easy. Uh, but yeah, I, the uh, 
I haven't changed any of those other ones. I just disabled the same thing when LTE first released. Mm-hmm. I disabled LTE on my Galaxy Nexus because it was bad everywhere you went, but your your phone is searching for that signal. So I just disabled it. And I did the same thing when I got my five. Uh, and I've done and I've I've done speed tests with five G and these are all sub six gigahertz bands anyway. So they're yeah. Um they're not any the faster than here, LTE. The other thing in here, Google is making its first in-house smartwatch that could launch in twenty twenty two. So they're looking at a pixel watch. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people are super excited about that. Um, you know, they bought Fitbit a few years ago, and yeah. they haven't really released anything, you know, from a watch perspective. Uh, you know, it's funny. Samsung obviously makes these watches, and I have Samsung mm-hmm. watches. I think they're great, but apparently, installing yeah, an application one. on your phone uh, is is uh, is offensive to some people for some reason uh, to run your Wait, watch. What? Yeah, so Wait, people can the reason. So the reason why people want so in order to run the Samsung watch on your my Pixel phone, I have to install Samsung Wear. It's just a uh, compatibility uh, app, and that is apparently a serious problem for people. For me, it is not, and so I don't ever deal with. I don't ever interact with it very much. I did when I first set up the device, and if I want to go in and they have a little store for watch faces and stuff, it makes you know, to me it's easy. But that really doesn't rub people the right way they don't like that and so people want the pixel watch because there is a belief that if you have to install an app on your phone to run it that it's not good Hmm. but the watch is phenomenal uh i quite like it Uh, i think it works pretty well ironically on samsung phones there are also apps that you'll have on them even though you don't necessarily need them so it's interesting but what's more interesting is i saw this maybe last week Apple has a 22% smartwatch market share, right? With the uh, the Apple Watch yeah. series. And Wear OS, which is the Android version of a watch operating system, had, I think, 2%. Now, the Samsung has, for years, released Tizen-based watches, their own operating system not based on Wear OS, but they still worked on Android. I, I had one of them. It worked just like my current one. Well, the the recent release of the Galaxy Watch 4, is a, it's, it's actually Wear OS with Tizen just managing the hardware. So I'm actually using the Wear OS you know, operating system on my, on my device. So it interacts with the Play Store and other stuff. It's, it's, a better, it's better for the watch, for sure, with additional capabilities from Google. Their share, Wear OS share, jumped from two percent to seventeen percent overnight with that with the release of that watch. And they did not update all the older watches from Samsung are yeah. not updating to Wear OS. So it's not like an existing watch got updated and that affected the share. They gained fifteen percent share overnight based off of the release of the Galaxy Watch Four and Wear OS, which it may have saved Wear OS. I mean, we all know Google; they love to kill stuff. And two uh, percent market share probably wasn't going to cut it. So <laughs> right. that that was uh, that was an interesting thing that I saw was a crazy jump in percentage. They're at seventeen percent now from two percent, uh, just based off the Galaxy Watch Four. So you know, releasing a Pixel Watch probably will jump them even higher for a lot of people. But the, the issue is, is you know, there's not a lot of people have Pixels. So yeah, well, what's what's the big deal about a Pixel Watch? I don't know. I mean, I'll look at it, but I just don't. I don't know what the big deal is. Uh, I will say I went to a meeting with a customer uh, for one of the first times ever uh, or ever since since the start of all this. Yeah, in person. I I actually sat at a conference table 
that didn't Whoa. have anyone on a screen somewhere. Like every person in that meeting was in the room. It's crazy. Weird. Uh, yeah. And we went to dinner that night. Like it was, it almost felt like normal life. And three people in that room had pixels. And uh, now, you know, there's six people in the room for three of them to have Android phones. Super normal. But three mm -hmm. pixels? Nah, that doesn't, I don't see that very often. Yeah. But I noticed the guy next to me was, you know, on his phone because we're in a meeting. So why wouldn't you be on your phone? Uh, he was, <laughs> he, Shots he had, yeah, that's right. Phone. That's right. Get off your phone, customers. And then he, he, I noticed there's Pixel 6. So I took my phone and I just set it next to him. And I was like, I have the same phone. And then sure enough, the dude next to him took his phone out and set it next to mine. It was three of the exact same phones. And I just, you know, with an iPhone probably happens a lot of places you go, but with pixels, it does not. So that was, uh, that was pretty cool to see that definitely pixel six has captured the hearts and minds of, of people who buy Android devices. Whereas previous right. pixel devices did not, at least mm. in my experience. Well, um, totally random jump here, but um, do it. Apple just released the top applications, the top iOS apps for of 2021. Most Ooh. downloaded. Most downloaded. Uh, Let's play I game. recognize every single one of the top free ones. Top I do free. not recognize FRE. FREE. -E. Yeah, not okay. the top three. Uh, I recognize all the, the, the top 10 free apps I recognize. The top okay. 10 paid apps. Now, this is excluding uh, iPhone games, right? Free or paid. Okay. But sure. just the top paid iphone apps non-games i don't recognize i've never heard of any single one of them except for one that somebody mentioned at the gym the other day don't recognize oh a single gosh. one of them and it makes me wonder i i, I want i gotta see the like i want to see the revenue difference between the top paid iphone games because i do oh. recognize those i recognize about half maybe 60 yeah. percent of those don't recognize any of these other apps like, you know, lifestyle apps, stuff like that. People are people are paying for it. And I, I just wonder, like, I'm not against paying for apps, but it just never occurs to me to try to go find a paid app. And I, I don't know, maybe I'm maybe I'm not normal in that. And a ton of people are always buying iPhone apps um, to help manage their schedule or, or work out or sleep or whatever. Is the top one hot schedules? That's number two. Had you heard Is of that? I had never even heard of that. I have not. I just looked at I'll the top paid on, on Android and yeah. top paid on Android. I'm just, I pulled up my phone and I looked at the Google Play Store. So tar yeah, it's top, charts, hot top paid is hot scheduled and it has a 3.0 rating, which is not great. It's three bucks. Yeah, it's number one in business. Um, four, 4. 4.7, uh, 67,000 ratings. It's three. It's a $3 app. Hot schedule is <laughs> number one, leading number one in paid. App. I have paid business apps selected here, and the top one is called TurboScan. Uh, scan yeah, documents. I don't see that here. Did you see the Did you see the link I sent the other day about all the apps that were uh, that were um, just Trojans for I scraping did. data? Yeah, people and, have to be. You know, it's it's amazing to me some of the apps people will install on their phones. Yeah, you know what I mean. Be like, it's like you need to have some idea of what you're doing. Same thing of PC, but yeah, seems odd. These top iPad or not iPad, top paid iPhone apps, Procreate Pocket, Hot Schedules, The Wonder Weeks, Touch Retouch, Facetune, Shadow Rocket, 75 Hard. That's the one I had heard somebody say, but I had no idea what it was. Apparently, it's a mental toughness app is what it says. Mm. The mental toughness app. It's a health and fitness thing. 
Uh, dark sky weather, auto sleep, and sky view. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I think I, I know. I think I know. Yeah, I know. Skyview sky sounds familiar to me. Yeah, this is a paid version of Skyview. Anyway, it's amazing know, how it different thinking, yeah. the top paid are on Android. Yeah, I mean that was, that was ten. You did was it? Yeah, it was the top, top 10. ten. Um, so we got hot schedules, which seems to be similar. One and two, right? One on, one on Android, two on um, uh, iOS. Wi-Fi Analyzer Premium, which is actually an app that I do own. Um, on Android is the number two app. So this is an app that's for like, if I need to ascertain Wi-Fi signals from access points, I can walk around my house to see how strong they, they are and, and what the signals look like with actual like numerical readings, not just, you know, uh, bar charts. Uh, the Wonder Weeks, did you say that one? Yep, that's number this three. Is, this is number three on Android. Power Ramp full version unlocker. Or power no, amp, power amp, full power version amp. unlocker. So okay. media player, I think. Uh, Nova Launcher Prime, which most certainly would not be on iOS because uh, no. on, on Android you can change your launcher, and uh, Nova Launcher is very popular. I actually own ah, this, sure. but I haven't, I haven't used it in probably ten years. Uh, Torque Pro, which uh, it seems to be like a maybe a, an OBD checker type of thing uh, for your car. Oh, that's cool. That's I'm I'm sort of going off the icon, so we're sure, yeah. see if I get that right. Uh, screen mirroring for Roku, screen mirror mirroring Pro for Roku <laughs> is number seven. Uh, Toka Life Hospital, which seems to be some form of educational app for kids. Okay. Skyview, which you mentioned earlier, yeah. which is number nine, and then Tasker, which I I do know to be very very popular in Android, is number ten. Gotcha. Yeah, Tasker is about automating settings and photos and SMS and speech. You can do a lot of automation pa- uh, pieces with uh, with Tasker inside of Android. So those are the top top ten here. A little bit of crossover, not not too much. Question is, do you have one on there that lists top grossing? Is that like something that will show? No, and that's what I was that's what I was trying to get into. And my brain started thinking about. Um, it sounded really weird saying it that way. My brain started thinking about. <laughs> God, I sound like such a nerd. I can never control my brain. Oh. <laughs> my wife will walk by and she'll hear me talking she just looks at me like what um yeah i married him yeah no i you know i'm super curious about comparing uh the revenue between all of these and my bet would be you know obviously you're setting the free ones aside the iphone games ones would be you know 10x yeah. at least what yeah, the, for these sure. paid apps are I, I guess i just i'm trying to understand because i can't think of i mean maybe maybe one app i don't know Maybe two that I've ever paid for that wasn't a game. I, I've you paid know? for a decent amount of them. I haven't gone and sought them out, but if I see a paid app, yeah. I'm happy to pay for. Or you know what I do is I pay for the premium version of free apps. Yes. So like yeah, my yeah, podcast yeah. player, I paid ten dollars or something yeah. and moved yeah, to a, a, a you know what I mean. So I do I do those a lot. Um, the number one grossing app in Android is Google One, which Probably sounds obvious to a non-Google user, but I actually I'm surprised by this. Yeah, that's I don't think I've ever seen this on a chart anywhere. And I'm a Google One subscriber. It's like you know, sure. it's like your you in, increase your cloud storage for photos, stuff like that. I mean, um, I look at this one know, like auto surprising. sleep, auto sleep track sleep. Uh, this is what it's called, or I guess not track. I don't know why it says that auto sleep. There should be some sort of punctuation in between there. Auto sleep. It tracks your sleep. Using yeah. Your watch. 
And it's a $5 yeah. app. And there's 42,000 ratings on here. It's got to be Dude, amazing, I'm telling I guess. You, people but, get into that stuff. I don't. My watch does it, why? but I don't, I don't track yeah, it. Yeah, like the watch already gives you some of that stuff. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess people enhance functionality, dude. Like, you know, some people, you yeah. know, there's a lot of people you have to realize that they live their digital lives 100% in a phone, some of which don't even own yeah. computers. Yeah. So, like, these, these apps are their gateways to the rest of the world. I mean, all the top grossing in total here that are not games, I mean, it's they're entertainment things Disney, the level HBO of Max, detail. Pandora. Yeah. The level of detail in this in this sleep tracking app, though, is unbelievable, and I guess that's why you're interested. But like, it, it maybe I'm just you know old man yells at cloud here. But it's like if I have to, oh, if yeah. I'm worrying so much you're about my sleep tracker, uh, I'm probably not going to sleep well. <laughs> like, just take just turn off all your devices and put them all away and go to bed and try going to bed on time and trying try not being on your phone for you know two hours before you go to. I don't know, man. I, How dare you? How dare you I say know. that? Um, I, I got I to ask you a question because I don't know if it's on anyway. there, but I bet I can guess it. Um, speaking of paid things on phones and apps, yeah. speaking of games specifically, yeah. does yeah. it list the top paid games by chance? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Top so paid iPhone me, games. Got them right here. Let me see if I can guess the top one because I've seen this on Android before and it always just dominates the charts. Okay. So I'm curious. Yep. Minecraft. Yeah. Number one. Yeah. Okay. I, I just... It's it's amazing to me how popular that game is across all platforms. And uh, if I hold on, I can verify. Yeah, on on Android, it's Minecraft as well. So it's oh, just dude. so you can even compare you can compare the rankings or ratings number of. So in Minecraft, um, five hundred and three thousand ratings compared to some of these top um, non game apps. Like if I go to number one. Um, yeah, Minecraft on Android has four point six million, or sorry, four million yeah. reviews out of four point six. Like ten, ten times the reviews. Yeah, yeah, ten million plus yeah. downloads. It's yep. it's it's these are these are big numbers here for for Minecraft, which Microsoft owns. So good for you, Microsoft. Look at Monopoly. Monopoly's on the list, dude. Monopoly's a classic. It's always gonna be on the yeah, list. It's number four on it. Android. Yeah, there's um. I don't know if you've ever played Monopoly Deal. My family is a huge fan of that. That's that's a game in the physical world. It's not. Uh, I've never heard of those. Um, no, I just kidding. My uh, <laughs> my family plays Hell a lot. I, it's a card game. What? It's it's a very aggressive card game. There's lots of yelling, and no one can ever beat me, so they don't let me play anymore. Card game called Hell. Yeah, that's what my mom oh. plays. Like that's that's like the game that my family plays. Trick taking uh, card game. So. Oh, is it called Oh Hell? Trick taking yeah. card game of British origin to take the number. They of just did. They just call it hell. And okay. it's a game where you basically have these stacks of cards and you are trying to like match certain patterns with you know, of cards you have with ones that are kind of put in the pool and then you sort of take mm. them away. So it's a it's a game. It's it's the fastest card game I've ever seen in my life. There's no way to watch the game and actually understand what's going on. It's impossible. It's okay. just you just see hands flying around everywhere. There's usually four people and it's like if you get in the middle of it, you're going to get punched in the face. It's crazy how fast it moves. Sounds so, like your kind of game. It is my kind of game. Uh, although I don't actually really ever play it anymore. I played it when I was a kid a little bit, but I don't actually play it now. All right, let's get all that stuff out of the way. Uh, yeah, I think I, let's get. I think it. I lost. Do you, I lost track of time here? Do you have to run? You got anything? I else do. That we need yeah, to I gotta. To? I gotta go. I was looking here to see if there's anything else. That there's we a bunch of news this morning. Yeah, there's a bunch of news this morning on Apple. Um, they're cutting their projected iPhone 13 production targets. 
um, by up to 10 million uh, units. So um, there was some supplier concerns. There's some lower demand in the iPhone 13, all this kind of stuff. So a um, bunch of different kind of data was leaking around that. But I mean, my, dad my take on it was the 12 was a major jump. And so not too many people are going to go into the 13. You know what I don't think people realize? And this is one of those things that you, this is one of those things that you won't notice until you experience it. But mm -hmm. when I use my wife's 12 Pro Max, it yeah. feels like the phone is broken to me. Like it just what? It's it's like it's it's like I'm using a computer from like 1995. Ever since I got my Pixel 5. Really? And my okay, Pixel 5 try has, Pixel? Well, so my Pixel 5 just has a nine. Well, my six has the same. It's 90 hertz yeah. refresh screen which is just an unbelievably smooth and clear, clear being the key thing. Because iPhones are plenty smooth, but clear is the thing. So the, the frame rate difference is massive. And so the 120 hertz screen that is on like my iPad 2018 and that I've had on my phones, I have my other, uh, my Galaxy tablet, mm -hmm. the iPhone 13 has that. At least the Pro does. I know the Pro does. Oh, and the, Pro the 12 doesn't? And the 12 does not. And so when I got my dad's phone, I went and I showed him side by side. I was like, hey, look, like, watch this with your phone and watch this with Lindsay's phone. Yeah. And we showed it side by side, 12 Pro Max versus his just 13 Pro regular. And he was like, what's wrong with hers? And I was like, there's nothing what? wrong with hers. It's just... Yeah, has a 13. I got to try this. I'm, so I'm telling you, so that 120 hertz versus 60 hertz is a world changer in in quality of the screen. And people don't know that. So they they look at the 13 and they're like, well, there's no difference. You know, it's not a big deal. I got the 12 Pro. Yeah. Like, it's fine. It, in my opinion, it is a huge difference. Like, to give you an indication, and, and I do got to go, but the this is important because it talks about video games. I was playing <laughs> Counter-Strike. And in 2012, I moved to a 144 hertz screen off of a 60 hertz screen. Yeah. And I remember I paid like 250 bucks for the monitors on sale from 350. And that was the only reason why I bought it. And when I got it in, I was so mad at myself because I would have paid a thousand dollars for that monitor. Had I known the difference that it would make the biggest singular jump in my yeah. performance and playing games that I've ever had in my life was by buying that monitor. And and the phones and tablets have a very similar experience with the fluidity of them. The occasional app that doesn't make it up to 90 frames per second to take take use of 90 hertz, I can immediately tell the difference. Hmm. And uh, and it and it's pretty crazy. So I think when you you know you get them side by side, you'll notice. And it's not the smoothness necessarily. It's going to be the the clear like how clear the image is yeah, yeah. as it I scrolls compared to it. So. Um, well, be interested to hear what you think. What you get. Yeah, you've made me hate my phone. Um, so That's what I was going for, for. Yeah, yeah, I was hoping you would. I know yeah. you got to run. I just saw another article about the Pixel Six. Digital car keys are or have arrived on the Pixel Six and the Samsung Galaxy S twenty one, and apparently um, there's just a ton of new things that are that are rolling out. Uh, I dropped the link in the in the TBP community um, Telegram chat, so if you want to see it there. And there's so much other stuff that we did not touch on. Uh, some big things, but I've enjoyed having this conversation with you, man. So shut yeah, it down. It was fun. Go do your thing. All right. That's going to do it for another episode of the tech breakfast podcast. Uh, just an FYI, there will be another episode dropping tomorrow. I think that's going to be Friday, December 3rd, 2021 on yep. the V speaking podcast. 
what, what? with which we will be joining. So uh, go check them out as well. Check out that episode. Check out the other ones we've been on over the years in different various forms. Uh, and until next time, we'll catch you later. Thanks for listening. Peace. Later. <laughs>